0: How shall we live together in unity, in harmony, as brother and sisters, partners in marriage? How shall we model the subversive way of Jesus in our relationships that live for the lives of others, making someone's life fuller? How shall we bless each other in the way we live towards each other. That is where we find the gospel and where we live anew. Hello, I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister of New Patrick Parish and thank you for making space for us again today, that we might journey together in hope and in faith and in God, which are all one of the same thing. We have a passage today that has some baggage, <laughs> We're following still the women's lectionary and picking up some of Paul's words and what he says about relationships, honouring one another, submitting to husbands. Now we've grown up with these passages in our background and not very often focused on them but as always you can't take these passages at face value, straight off the page. This kind of passage especially. There's a lot going on in the culture, a lot of hurt and abuse by taking them too literally. The understanding of relationships and what Paul is actually saying is difficult to understand, so so let's dive in. Hear what we have always heard, but be ready to hear something else. Let's worship. Caring God found in the spaces between us, the gap we create, the area for each of us. Holy God, we come, welcomed, in your presence. In such a presence, we wait and hold on to hope and seek the light, holy light, that lights the way between us that we might travel together in partnership, in justice. Holy God, hear us, hold us, heal us with forgiveness and the promise of renewal in all our relationships with the world, with each other, with creation. That we might seek a new way to be together. Transformative. Calling each other into new life. Giving of self. That another might live. Blessing our neighbour. The stranger. The companion on the way. Loving creator. Gift of life. Lights in all shadows. May we follow You, know You, trust You again, that we might change how we are towards each other and towards ourselves. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. When you hear this passage, a well-known one from Paul, about living as husband and wife, what questions might we want to ask? What what positive or or negative feelings does it provoke? What do we want to lay down and what do we want to pick up and honour? There is always a cultural question about such passages. The, The context in which it is being read, we know so little about because we don't know about the situation that Paul is writing into, given we only have his letters and not the original letter that provoked Paul's reply. We don't know the context, we don't know the people, we don't know the situations very well. So, listen with more open ears, perhaps, and with questions to ask, rather than presume everything is a defined and forever principle. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the saviour. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. Husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word, so as to present the church to himself in splendor, without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind. Yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own body, but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery and I'm applying it to Christ and the church. Each of you, however, should love his wife as himself and a wife should respect her husband. I like the Gospels. I'm not so keen on Paul's letters. There. There. I've said it, I've admitted it. <laughs> I think I like the Gospels more because they are open-ended stories, that are situations and there's teaching that's broad and generous towards us. You can, you can dive in to all that stuff and see them from different angles and different points of view and stand in different people's shoes. The epistles feel more constrained. They feel different. They're written for specific situations and responding to events or questions about which we know little. These are all one-sided discussions. Paul is is replying to what is happening in Corinth or Ephesus or Rome without us having any clear idea what it is he's replying to because we don't have the original letters from the church. We only have Paul's reply. So, in some sense, everything is out of context and, and we're trying to extract general principles from some event that is quite specific, and really rather unknown to us. And it feels, the whole thing feels heavy on explanation. Well, the gospel, on the other hand, is heavy on the imagination. And I have to say, I prefer that. That's my excuse anyway. And perhaps the clearest example is Paul's words about marriage and wives submitting to their husbands. Some, well, nay, too many, have used this as a general principle that has reduced women, given the power two men and created a culture of very unequal relationships that is not how we imagine God wanted it to be. I mean, even if you've been following the archers on Radio 4, even that has a live storyline now of George being over-influenced by some misogynistic influence that are in the headlines again this week if you've been reading about Andrew Tate etc. It began away way back in Genesis where We've read that story of Adam and Eve as God creating man first and then, when man wasn't satisfied with everything else, God created woman from a rib of the man. The other way of hearing that story is that God created a human, took a side of that human, a personality or a a set of emotions or an aspect, a side of our humanity, which is what the the Hebrew suggests rather than a physical rib, which is just classic King James misinterpretation and created female from that side, that aspect, and what was left was male. However, I, disc- I digress. The history of male dominance is everywhere across the ancient and western world. It's woven through the Bible and it is our cultural norm even still in so many ways. What the Bible says seems to give credence to the cultural framework that has grown. And it doesn't feel subversive where most of the things the Bible says and Jesus says ought to be subversive about how we live in relationship with each other. Because that's all across the Bible, generally, not in this part. So the subversive kind of relationship we ought to have is not just with husband and wife, but with planets and with creation. And that subversion seems to be more difficult in Paul to find. But, 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 it is there. And it's there in Ephesians' words about husbands and wives. The Bible, the, the passage we read today says, be subject to one another. So there's the general principle. And then Paul goes into the specifics. And that's where the problem begins. According to the broader context of the letter Paul is writing, there was something going on with the men in Ephesus. They had to be told to love their wives, disciplining children with gentleness, treat slaves with dignity, all of which is in the letter. And you do that, says Paul, by following the model Jesus gave us. In other words, loving each other. That's how you serve wives, how you look after children, how you treat your slaves. So, Let's pause a moment and hear these words in the ears of the people of that age. Then, as even now in some places and up to the last hundred years in our culture, wives generally were regarded as inferior, took their husband's religion and politics, were less intelligent, less moral, and a continual temptation for men. Paul's words are actually, therefore, quite subversive because instead, Of that way of seeing women Paul says love them as Jesus loves everyone okay Paul does say men are head of the household but then he says and this is what it looks like to be he says this is what it looks like to be the head as Christ is head of the church as Christ is head of the church that's how you have to be head of your family of the people you have a relationship with serve others wash feet See how subversive this is beginning to be? There's a mix of culture and theology here, but the the, the general line is taking the culture as it is and reinterpreting the lines of power. And what these terms mean, being the head of a household. Everything is redefined in terms of Jesus. Headship, yes, but in the same way Christ is head. Servant. The one who gave of himself completely, unconditionally generously. That's how you are ahead. So it really is quite a subversive passage after all. Don't take it straight off the page. Understand what it means to be head of anything and your model for that is Jesus. How is Jesus? What does it look like to be the head of anything? Jesus was a servant He was generous. He gave of himself. It really is beginning to be quite a subversive passage. Thank you for the invitation to join you again online. Um, we have a number of things happening in the church now, The things are coming back after the holidays, Sunday school is back, um, and all the usual things are happening with the Monday Club and Sing Song on a Tuesday and the Guild are starting in October um, and Wednesday with the midweek service, an easy way to come back to church just for 20 minutes relaxed kind of service there's quite a number of people um, enjoy that service in this teen cake always in a good weather. after that that's wednesday thursday there is daybreak friday there's coffee pot and, and lots of other things in between as well so please do come and join us if you can uh, in this new season other bigger things happening, we've got kind of um, discussions about intergenerational worship, we've got discussions about clothing, we've got a, kind of, a mini-conference on that, we've got a conference on eldership, all these things are happening as well. So watch the, the website, um, or the bulletin, um, or the email, and you'll get information about that. Everything is on the website at nkchurch.org.uk, so please do tune in there if you feel able to do so, and keep up to date with everything. So let's draw together all our thoughts, our anxieties, our, our worries, our concerns for the world in our prayers for others. Let us pray. For all in relationship we pray. In relationship with each other. In relationship with creation. In the relationship with community. In the relationship with you. None of us are islands, and so we pray for those connections, networks, support we all seek and need through each other, for families and friends, for church and community, for environment and creation, for politics and society, for conflict and justice, for hunger and food, in all these relationships, networks, we pray, we pause, we petition, so be it, Amen. Go in peace grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.